today on Ovias and Julia. We'll tell you who the early season NFL MVP is, and it's not a quarterback. Speaking of QBs, the Carolina Panthers have a decision to make with Bryce Young. If he's healthy, do you still keep him on the sidelines so that he can develop, maybe sit him? through the bye week and then get him back out there. Andrew Carter of the News and Observer is going to drop on by as Duke gets ready for a game day visit. But beyond this weekend, both Duke and North Carolina have a chance to do something a triangle school hasn't done in decades. This is the year to pull it off. Thanks for following us on your favorite podcast platforms. Five stars only, positive vibes only, and we really appreciate it when you leave a review. You leave a review, I usually screen grab and I put it out there. So again, big thanks to everybody who's done that and smash that subscribe button on YouTube. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius inside the Eford Studios downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties. And thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. This is something that we're finding out as a as a small business. Is our year technically over? December. Wait, when does our fiscal year close? <laughs> we're like everybody else. Oh, we're, we're like everybody we're else? We're done in December. Okay, okay. I yeah, just yeah. wanted, but, but December will be here before you know it. <sighs> Which means... Trust me. You might want to look at where your costs are. And an easy way to save money is on print management. And Copiers Plus can help you with that. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I'm not sure Copiers Plus can help with quarterback management right now with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, There's plenty of NFL things to get into. Another doubleheader last night on Monday Night Football, which kind of speaks to a larger trend so far three weeks into the season with really lack of offense. It's been kind of a... I also don't offensive like, start to the year. I don't like the simultaneous Monday night doubleheaders. Why not? I would prefer it to be like seven and ten. Oh, or do, six thirty and ten. Do an East Coast game and a West Coast game. Yeah, I don't like yeah. the. I want to start a game at seven thirty and then another one at eight fifteen. It's like don't it, overload me. It is okay. Big, it is big NCAA tournament. Yeah. Thursday, Friday. I don't need vibes. that. Yeah, I don't need no, no, no. Those are the two greatest days in in sports now, sir. So hold on. So what if? But I don't like them at the same time. But we do that every Sunday. Sunday night and Monday night should be single games. Not I. Those are the two games of the week I watch. Seriously, Sunday night and Monday Seriously. night. Seriously, for all these years, I've when you cover college football the way yeah. that I did for twenty years. Yeah, you work on Sunday. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. Sunday night game is the one game where you're like, okay. I'm going to sit down and watch an NFL game. Mm -hmm. The Monday night game is the same way. You sit down, you watch game. Like last night, I'm sitting here like, well, should I watch Tampa? You know, I got the the running back is on my fantasy team. The Eagles have been on like a hundred times. So I'm like, I'm already tired of watching the Eagles and their stupid bush push or the Hertz flirts (laughs) or whatever the the, heck they're calling it. Tush push. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Notre Dame is the one. USC USC is the one. Reggie Bush. Originally had the bush push. Yes. And now it's like, I can't handle watching the Eagles at this point. Um, also, like, I feel like Andy Reid broke the Eagles. Why everyone just doesn't use, you know, cloud motions against them. I don't know. Like, yeah. just just confuse them. That's all you got to do. Like, they're broken. Okay. Um, so I really wanted to watch the Bengals. Of course, I, I fell Joe Burrow is hurt. I fell asleep in the first quarter. Yeah, I was wondering why you were texting me at 430 in the morning. <laughs> And I, I was already my, up for an hour. And I thought to myself, I'm like, what the hell is <laughs> what the hell is wrong with Joe that he's texting me at 4 30 in the morning? I just want to watch one game. But though. you can't I even can't lock but in. You, you can't even stay awake. No, 
to watch one game. So what are you bitching about? Sunday I did, though. Oh, okay, good for you. Yeah. Slow clap. You actually watched some Sunday night football. Yeah, I watched the first half. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Let's 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 punt on the Panthers for now since we're on the topic of the NFL in general. Yeah. And you know, is, is there an NFL or is it all just it's all Taylor's? It's all Taylor. <laughs> I was watching the Monday night broadcast on <laughs> ABC. I was watching the Eagles game. Um and they had, you know, you had a Kelsey and you had a Swift. So they immediately put it up on the screen. And you could tell Joe Buck was like, what the hell are we doing here? He's like, we've got Swift and Kelsey here too. Anyway, uh, a lot of conversation around Taylor Swift and like, <laughs> shout out to Jaden, who's new at the News and Observer. Yeah. She covers NC State. I guess she's a Swifty. And we got to talk to Jaden soon. And she did like, hey, Swifties who are new to football, because, you know, you got to follow everything Taylor Swift does. Here are some basics about football. I've actually seen some Spotify tailgate playlists that are now incorporating Taylor Swift because, well, if she's right with Travis Kelsey, well, then we got to include her in our tailgate playlist, right? You can laugh, but how many times have we had a conversation about the generation Yeah, younger than your brother, mm-hmm. older than my son, right? Yeah. Like, how do you hook them? How do you get them here? This is how you do it. And oh, at, the NFL, like, as just, Jordan Kramer said yesterday yep. on our program, like, hey, they're trying to get younger and they're trying to get women. You want to do that? Here's one big giant box that you can check. Here's the, and I do think that if you want to get away from the Taylor Swift stuff, I I can tell that some of our listeners might be rolling their eyes at this. Shout out to Fred, who doesn't really want any Taylor Swift conversations. It does tell you something about the current state of this season. You know, when ratings have been fine right now, but a couple years ago, there was a ratings decline because offensively, the NFL was not producing. Yeah. And then what did we see in the pandemic? Right. Oh, we got to get people to watch. <laughs> you always point this out. We got to yeah. get people to watch. Oh, we are not calling a penalty, sir. I am wondering. <laughs> there will be no holding in this game. <laughs> I am wondering when we're going to get to pandemic rules because in the first three weeks of the season, the story has been defense and how defenses have adjusted to these high flying offenses, with the exception of one team, which we'll get to in a second. Um, and th- there's also injuries too. Like, look, Aaron Rodgers is sure. done for the year and they're stuck with. Uh, Zach Wilson. What a mess. Joe Burrow's hurt. He's, he's, cle- yeah. he's clearly hurt. He's laboring. All right. And, you know, Jalen Hurts last night has kind of fallen back mm-hmm. down to earth a little bit. You know, the Eagles are undefeated, but they're clearly not, and their schedule's a little bit more difficult, I would think, uh, compared to last year. And I think there's kind of, it's, it's kind of come a home roost right now. But the story really is outside of the Dolphins, who have been this high flying offense, and maybe Mike, da- Mike McDaniel has figured out the glitch in the matrix, everybody else has adjusted. Well, how mad is the NFL? And I get it that they won it last year. I totally get it. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. wrong about that. How mad is the NFL, though, that the Chiefs were like, nah, we don't need to pay Tariq Hill. Nah, <laughs> we're good. Like, seriously. Oh, well, what do you mean? I get it. And I, I understand what I'm saying right now. But what are the Dolphins without Tariq Hill? I mean, they're a decent team. They're a de- he is the MVP. I mean, Tariq Hill is the MVP. And I, we're so, sitting here saying how much, and we could tie this into Bryce Young, but we're saying how much value this guy makes. Yes. yes. Everything that the Dolphins have done. Totally work, on that. Totally right? on that. So if you're the Chiefs, you're sitting here going, yeah, he's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like well, in my brain, the Chiefs should have built a dome like five years ago. They should have put the thing like, temporary ad hoc up mm-hmm. to win this thing. And I get it. They won two of them with this guy, but they should have, they should have all of them well, with Mahomes. I mean, that's, they should have that's all, smart. That's they should have Brady numbers with this guy I, and to give him away the way that they did. Yeah. I, 
I think it's a combination of things. Right? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's the skill of Hill, and I also think it's what McDaniel is doing no, it's with a, the it's Dolphins. It's a perfect marriage it's, it's of all perfect, those things. It's, right. I right? don't know if Tyreek Hill would have been putting up these numbers. And they're putting up all this City. other speed, too. Like, I saw yeah. this chart, this tweet of, like, here are the fastest players of, of uh, miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And it was all doll. It was Mostert. Right. It was A-Chain. It was Hill. And you're like, oh. So, well. It reminded me of Butch Davis, you know, <laughs> when he got here to Chapel Hill. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Landreth, RIP, man, was like, Butch, you practically invented putting fast people on defense. <laughs> and it's like, Mike McDaniel, you practically invented putting fast people at skill positions. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's a pretty you, you get fast on uh, that's a pretty good Atlanta. All right, RIP. Okay. After two weeks and the Dallas Cowboys were running hot, there was a debate on national sports talk radio about Micah Parsons as the yeah. early season MVP. Totally get that. And uh, what is it? Uh, Evan Roberts, who's now doing the morning show on ESPN radio, was like, that's ludicrous because the quarterback is the most important position. Micah Parsons, there's scales to this. And to a certain degree, I do agree with what he's getting at, okay? The most important player on the field for your success or failure ultimately is the quarterback. Nine times out of ten. However, what we've seen at a Tyreek Hill and what the Miami Dolphins are doing with that speed and how important he is to making that offense go, how can you sit here with a straight face and tell me that Tyreek Hill is not the early season MVP? If this continues... He has to win MVP because once you eliminate him from their roster, what are the Dolphins to your point? The Dolphins are a good team, but they're not a Super Bowl contender without right. Tyree Kill. Straight up, they are not a Super Bowl contender. And Tua, I'm not trying to say Tua Tagovailoa is this mirage of a quarterback. He's a good quarterback. You do need somebody to be your conductor, all right? Which is what, when we tie it back to Bryce Young, the best case scenario, that is what he can be. But you have to put that around him. And the Dolphins, ironically enough, the Dolphins are in a weird situation coming out of this game with the Denver Broncos because the guy on the other side of the field was the coach that Stephen Ross ultimately wanted. Remember, the Dolphins would have more draft picks had it not been for the tampering related to Sean Payton and Tom Brady. It's also Sean Payton, as many people have pointed out, the same guy who was in the Fox broadcast saying, yeah, Tua Tagovailoa is not going to finish the year as the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. You know, concussions aside, this is going to be Teddy Bridgewater's team. So you don't think Tua Tagovailoa is looking across the room? Oh, as uh, as Mike Tanier pointed out, ironically enough, Tua Tagovailoa did not finish the game for the Miami Dolphins against Sean Payton because they sat him because they didn't need him, right? And right now, Sean Payton's been, all the receipts on Sean Payton have been brought out this season. He didn't need to go so hard in the paint with Nathaniel Hackett. I had zero issues with Sean Payton saying what he said in that GQ interview, mm-hmm. because I think it's perfectly okay to be honest about stuff. Yeah. And Nathaniel Hackett was in over his head. The only reason why he got that job was because the Denver Broncos thought they could pull Aaron Rodgers, his boy. And that, and that obviously failed. But if you're going to talk that shit, you got to back it up. And what's wild is three weeks into the season. It's not about Russell Wilson. This is how bad Sean Payton has been for the Denver Broncos. That the whole like, man, Russ is washed. He's got to fix Russ. We can pin all the issues on Russ Wilson just not having it anymore. The real issue is they can't stop anybody. 70 points is an indictment. 35 points against the Washington Commanders the week before is another indictment on this defense. That's the biggest problem right now with Denver, and that's on Sean Payton. You could tie it all together by saying, you want to talk about Parsons? Fine. You want yeah. to talk about Tariq Hill? Fine. You got to have guys who make plays. Yeah. 
you have to have difference makers. If everybody in the NFL is all of the same, right? If every scheme is pretty much the same, if every team, all the designs are the same, mm-hmm. well, guess what? You got to have guys who can make plays. That could be a quarterback. Please don't get me wrong. Of course. And most of the time it usually is. But just here, let's go to the Panthers now. Okay. And then you have to ask yourself, how do you get difference makers? Mm-hmm. Like Tariq Hill had pro- was problematic legal issue wise in college. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was a bargain basement price for the chiefs coming out of college. Those are one in mil- in a million, yeah. right? Like you're, you're just not going to get players like that, that way. Normally you get difference makers at the top of the draft. Right. And so let's, let's look at the Panthers. When I say top of the draft, let's just say first round. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you go 17, 18, 19 with the Panthers, first round, CMC, 1-8. Uh, 18, DJ Moore, 124, 19, Brian Birds, 116. Mm-hmm. Top 25 picks in the case of CMC, top 10. Those three guys are difference makers, right? McCaffrey, Moore, Burns. Yeah. Last four years now, okay, all top 10 picks. Fine. Take Bryce Young out of it. Icky, 1-6. Horn, 1-8. Uh, Derek Brown one seven. What are what are they in those four picks? Mm-hmm. Like you gotta have difference makers. So if you're not gonna draft the difference makers, then you have to go out and buy them or hope that the Chiefs are having a fire sale. Yeah, right. I, so to me, I look at it like, okay, Micah Parsons first round pick made that you hit a home run with that. Mm-hmm. They they didn't that wasn't a, a hope and a guess and cross your fingers. Jamar Chase, who we saw last night, you know, top ten. That wasn't. Yeah, they, they, that knew wasn't what they, were, they knew what they were getting. You know, they knew what they were doing with so that. So, when you look at the NFL, mm-hmm. we could sit here and argue about quarterbacks all we want. And if the Jets go out and get Kirk Cousins, which I think would be awesome, because trades, I, w- I would rather see the Jets make a move and say we're again. I know they made one for Aaron Rodgers, but I would rather. You're say, if you're the Jets right now, you're sitting here going, "We're just going to give up on the season." All right. How is that not a win-win for both the Vikings cu- and the Jets? A couple of things. A couple of things. Because he's walking away. They're not going to sign him next. Their what, Cousins is not going to sign with he, Minnesota next no, year. No, he's not going to sign with Minnesota next year. And obviously, uh, with Minnesota, they were 11-0 and in one score games. Oh, they were a statistical anomaly last year. If you look at their point differential, there's no way they should have ever won 11 football games. Yeah, they somehow would come back and win these really close, tight games. They were 11-0 and in games decided by like a point, essentially, right? Or three points or less. And this year, they're 0-3. In the same, which everyone same, predicted, yes. same situations. Yes. Like ah, yes, the 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 razor has now you know mm-hmm. gone the other way for the Minnesota Vikings, and the Kirk Cousins is a perfectly fine quarterback, but he is not a difference maker. Well, to he's not Justin team. Jefferson, right? But here's <laughs> but which, gets, numbers, which, which then gets to the Jets. All right. right, what do the Jets have right now? They have uh, a terrible they, offensive line. Their offensive line is not good, but their I, defense is not what Robert Sala has uh, been like. Look, well, man, no, not against the Cowboys. Not sure. against the Cowboys. So right now, I'm not quite sure who's out there that's going to ultimately help the Jets. So the Jets, by the way, have played some top-tier defenses along the way, too. But isn't, isn't this the same thing as they we played say the to Bills, the Hurricanes? The, they, they played the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Patriots. And whatever you want to say about Two Bill Belichick. Those offenses are pretty good. Now, but, but again, my point here with the Bills, great defense. Cowboys, what have we been talking about? And the Patriots, regardless of what you think about Bill Belichick being washed or making the wrong decisions on offense, we know that Bill, defensively, Bill Belichick is always going to cook something up, and they still almost won that game. But their offensive line is not very good. Their skill position players have not stepped up the way they thought in a weird sort of low-key way. Have the ball. <laughs> dude, low-key way. Aaron Rodgers is the best thing that could have happened to him. 
was be done for the season because it would have been exposed this year with the Jets. It would have been a dumpster fire three weeks in the year. I'm telling you, maybe they're not having, they're not, they don't lose these games. Maybe they win one of these games with Aaron Rodgers, but they would not look good. And I'm not quite sure who's out there that's going to help them. I feel like getting cousins, trading for cousins is the same thing that we've argued with about the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. When you make a move, you're signaling to the team, yeah. we're going for this. We're okay. not just going to sit here and roll over three games into the season. I got you. Do what would I would not give up a first round pick for Kirk Cousins. No. But I would I would absolutely trade for Kirk Cousins if I was the Jets right now. So Denver and Chicago are playing next. Oh, they are. I, I believe that's the next the, those two teams are next. Is this an What argument? do you what do you Is do if you're Denver? What do for, you do if you're Denver cuz Russ you're you're crippled by his deal. Yeah. And Sean clearly hasn't been able to save him, snap his fingers and save him. No. I mean, you gave defensively you, when they won. Remember, it was Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and they had some other guys in the secondary who could make plays. What do they have right now? You, you want to ask about like what do the Jets have? What do the Panthers have? Yeah, what what do the what are the Broncos? Have? You just gave and up they, seventy and they, points, and they also gave up picks to get this guy. That's too. what I'm saying. So, like, you're in a bad bad way. You're screwed. But much like the Carolina Panthers, we can sit here and point at Russell Wilson. We can point at Sean Payton. Who's making the decisions ultimately, right? And the same thing goes with the Carolina Panthers. Who's making the decisions, which we can get to a little bit of that conversation regarding Bryce Young here in a second. When we talk about the Panthers, we're going to get to that. We're doing a full segment on the Panthers. Oh, okay. That's right. We just, we got to it early. A little premature. Premature. I had it. Panther. So based here, if you look at my little notes here, I had Panthers first, but you took us. I let the conversation flow. So you were hyped to talk about, you've been up since 4.30 in the morning, and you were clearly hyped to be talking about some NFL general stuff. Cool. So what I did was I audibled, Omaha, Omaha. So I went, all right, we're going to do the NFL stuff first. And then if I could could do my my best Garth from Wayne's World, and then we'll get to the NFL. Um, Speaking of the Carolina Panthers, check out Young Gun, new episode out now with Dimitri Romanos and Lauren Brownlow. Um, they can't ask the question if Bryce Young was too short because he didn't play this past weekend. Will he play this upcoming weekend? Who knows? Maybe that will be the next topic. Uh, also, check out, look, I'm, I'm rocking the uh, the Skyhawks-inspired podcast shirt today. Go check Love that it. out. Go to breakingt.com slash OG. Again, that's breakingt.com slash OG to buy your shirts today. Uh, love what Breaking T's doing to help us out. They got a bunch of other great stuff too. Carolina Hurricanes, they got a preseason game tonight. Season's right around the corner. They got a whole bunch of Carolina Hurricanes gear. We have a bad for ratings t-shirt you can rock to. That's on breakingt.com slash OG. Also, big thanks to Breeze Through. If you're already thinking about your Carolina Hurricanes tailgates, well, guess what? Breeze Through has a convenient location right across the way from PNC Arena. Walk into that beer cave and get it hooked up. Snacks too. Chips, all that kind of fun stuff. They got like prepared sandwiches as well if you need it. They have all of my beer flavored beers there. We've we've helped them up their crowler game or their howler game. That like, was that was you and Adam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We we helped we helped Adam. Nine one nine. Ashball. We helped we Ashball and I were were helping Adam. Like, all right, you need a beer flavored beer. You need like an actual pale ale. Maybe you know a wheat beer in there, and then we can start getting into the stouts and all that kind of stuff. Like, just have one of every style. But you'd be surprised how many gas stations just have like undrinkable beer. Yeah, I agree. But like that's gets an amazing done, selection. Breeze through gets it done. And also big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer. Check them out online. WH.lawyer. Attorneys and counselors at law. 
you have contracts you need drawn up, you're selling a house and you got to take that thing to closing, you're buying a house and you got to take that thing to closing, maybe you're refinancing, got to take it to closing. Guess what? Whitaker and Hamer can handle that for you. I was actually thinking about this while I was sitting in um, Firestone getting my tire changed in Greenville. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that another day. Yeah, man. I'll and there was, there was like this long form commercial for lawyers on TV. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, like, how cool is it that we have a sponsor who's a lawyer, two lawyers. Mm -hmm. And like, we are not over the top. We're not ambulance chasing. They're not right. doing any of this nonsense. Like, yeah, hey man, Josh is like, not... here's all of these practical things that you could actually use. And all you got to do is go to wh.lawyer. But I'm sitting here watching this infomercial and there's a the former guy from TBD does the infomercial with the guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here watching it and I'm going, this costs a lot of money. <laughs> and we... I still couldn't figure out what he was trying to get to was he standing on top of a semi truck no because i've seen, and I've seen those on the you I've know like it. remember i got the speeding ticket speaking of our adventures and, yes in Gileodum. um but i'm just like how cool is it that we have hey, basic joe hamer josh whitaker keep it no simple, frills man. but keep it's it just like hey man you need us <laughs> call us you need us check us out wh.lawyer All right, now my notes say, let's get to the Carolina Panthers. And yes, all of our conversations about the Carolina Panthers this year brought to you by Graffiti in downtown Cary. Amazing bourbon specials. Uh, it is Tuesday. It's break even night. So head on out. And I don't Thank have... you for reminding me it's Tuesday. I don't have the clock in the studio. I know you have. Might a... need to put the clock <laughs> right above the five stars. But oh, okay. It's Tuesday. Okay, that's fine. I can also put it right there, too. But oh, no, I can't you, see need, it. you need to see I'm it. the one who needs to know right, what day of the week it is, I'll, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll Not you. <laughs> do you still have the clock? Yeah, it's in my dining room. All right, well, let's get in here. So but I do have a sticker on there that says garbage day. So I don't know if I could. <laughs> I need that, too. Maybe well, I'll get another one. You just need to find another clock. That's what it is. Anyway, it's break even night. It's at uh, it's break even at at, uh, at graffiti, so it's their bottle of bourbon at cost, and you get that per ounce. Speaking more. of great ideas, it's a fantastic idea. And on Sundays, they got all the football games and great bourbon specials. We're talking Eagle Rare, we're talking Buffalo Trace, Angels Envy, you name it, they've got it, and it's a, a fun time over at graffiti. It's not a fun, straight up, not a fun time in Charlotte these days with the Carolina Panthers and what's going on with their zero and three start. Right. Frank Reich met with the media yesterday and he was asked a question about Bryce Young being on the sideline and if there was anything he could take from just watching the game from that perspective. Here's Frank's response. I haven't had a long time. I did have a short conversation with him, um, you know, after the game, but not that kind of a conversation. You know, it was just a more just checking with him and encouraging him, you know, to see how it goes this week. <clears throat> um, but I really felt like Bryce was dialed. Whatever was set up for Bryce to gain out of this week. I know he gained every ounce of what he could gain by watching Andy, by watching our offense, by watching our team. He was dialed in to kind of learn from that whole process. All right, so that's Frank Reich. He was th That was then followed up with, all right, well, what's the plan? Like, is he going to practice on Wednesday? Is he going to be available in week four? Um, don't know. Don't know yet. You know, I mean, we'll see how tomorrow goes. And, and then Wednesday, uh, you know, give you an update then, but you know, I'm, I know he's done everything possible to try to put himself in position too. Now, look, if you're the Panthers, you just sit him the next three weeks, mm -hmm. get the open date, and then you play him against Stroud to shut people up. Yes, like me. Yes, I think that's the plan. That's where we're at right now with give the Carolina him a month. Panthers. Just like, hey man, 
I want to get you ramped up and ready to go. The, Maybe Corbett comes back by that time. Do we have a chance at Corbett? What's Austin uh, Corbett coming back? It's entirely right because that was a four game pup. Yeah, it was the he was on the uh, he was on that injured reserve list, kind of coming out of camp. That's the optimistic view. Totally get that. Here's is that is that a bad plan? I don't think it's a bad plan. It should be the plan. And good coaching goes sees what the info like. You might have had a plan going into the year, right? And the plan going into the year was that Bryce Young starter week one. Take and, the good with the bad. And we're going to just roll with it, and he's going to get up to speed. He's going to take the game experience. Take them all, and there you have. But there's enough evidence now, based on the current state of the team itself, like what the on-the-field product, a bad offensive line, skill position players that are having a hard time separating and helping create offense, a running game that has ultimately been non-existent so <laughs> far this season. And a lot of injuries mounting up, although you can look across the league and there's injuries everywhere. Somewhere Lamar Jackson is going, Hi, do we want to talk about injuries? Not himself, but just the Ravens constantly find themselves. I have carried the dead body of the Ravens for the last four years. How much longer do you (laughs) want me to do this, right? And Seattle, the team that just beat the Carolina Panthers, also was going through a whole list of injuries that they had to overcome, especially on the defensive side. What a bizarro universe that Seattle's in, by the way. I know. I know. Hey, we don't need Russ. We're going to go get Geno Smith. And, it's and we still just have fine. this, you know, we're going to just We fine. still have Pete Carroll smacking his gum on the side. That dude doesn't age, by the way. <laughs> So, and they're winning. So what, now, what the that, heck? now that you have it, this information, you're in a very delicate spot when it comes to Bryce Young and his development. And I, I'm going to reiterate this from yesterday because I know a lot of our Spotify listeners didn't catch it because Spotify was having a quote unquote ingestion. I delay. saw that. Yeah, there's like Tums and stuff for that. That's what I thought. Take some Pepto, Spotify. Come on now. What are those purple pills that I take? Uh, you take that's Nexium. Nexium. I, I am of the mind that it's more important to develop Bryce Young to be the franchise quarterback you gave up a ton to get than to try to scrap together some uh, this for this year for this year yeah than to scrap together some oh we're going to try to still make the playoffs you're not in a win now mode you have to admit that you are rebuilding you might have talked differently this offseason but based on what we know now and based on what we've seen and based on what we know the Panthers need let's not try to act as though Frank Reich's history with the Colts, where he started one and five, finished 10 and six, and won a playoff game, is somehow the path for the Carolina Panthers. No. The other reason why I think they should just go ahead. Andy Dalton wasn't bad either. But I mean, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton was Andy Dalton. Okay. He wasn't spectacular. But I do find saying on the scale of of shitty quarterbacks we've seen fill in and play for the Panthers, like Andy Dalton is way closer to Derek. Derek Anderson. Anderson than anything else that we've Andy seen. Andy Dalton at this point in his career is what you and I grew up with watching NFL football. Yes. I'm not, hey. Steve DeBerg. Here is a, here's a, yes. a veteran who I know I can put in. Put him in. And trust, which gets to the key word. It's pretty clear the Carolina Panthers do not trust Bryce Young to run this offense right now. Well, I don't know if it's trust him or they don't want to damage him. Here's Frank Wright right? yesterday. He was asked, I think it was Joe Person from The Athletic, he asked about, well, okay, first two weeks of the season, you guys weren't really doing all that much. And yet you put Andy Dalton out there and suddenly you're taking a few Slinging more around the yard. <laughs> oh, what's going on here? And listen to Frank Reich. And this is why I say they don't trust Bryce Young. Um, no, I wouldn't say that that was the case. I, you know, I probably called a few more, you know, because of, I called, I probably called a few more and there were, there were one or two things that Andy specifically asked for. You know, uh, which I, you know, wouldn't go into, I don't want to go into detail on, but there were a couple of things that he specifically asked for. 
And then the one that we hit, you know, the one that we hit the DJ for the touchdown, that was, you know, obviously great execution by the offense, but also a good job by Thomas and Parks, Frazier, you know, um, and the whole offensive staff kind of that was a play design that we saw something in there in the way they played their coverage that we thought we could expose something. And if we got in the right, you know, and there was a certain situation, a certain time and place that we wanted to get it done and it came up exactly how we wanted it to. And so that was a real credit to Thomas and Parks and the guys. Um, so um, those were those were good things that we can build on. So that's Frank Reich during yesterday's press availability. And I wanted to go back to that key part. He's like, well, there are some things that Andy wanted us to do. And yeah, you know, those are some plays that I called and whatnot. Okay, well, where was this with Bryce Young? I get the preseason. I, I get that you want to ease him in. You don't want to show too much. Fine, whatever. We can do the yakety yakety coach speak stuff. But when it's time to win football games and you're trying to get out there and do the thing, well, why would you hold back unless you don't trust Bryce Young to be able to handle the guy who's the, the you drafted this guy because yeah. of the processing ability. And now what you're saying is well, you drafted him. You had an idea for him. Now the question is, what is the best way to develop him? And that's where we are now, Yeah, which gets to your point, probably worth sitting him because that's the other thing too. We talked about NC state and messaging mm -hmm. yesterday. The messaging for the Carolina Panthers has been atrocious throughout. They have, they, they gassed everybody in the off season. All right. Trying to set expectations, but that's not bad. Not a bad thing, but now you have to be upfront and honest about what's going on and the ankle injury. I'm still at a loss as to a, when it happened, all right. Yes, I'm going into conspiracy mode. I am still at a loss as to when it happened. Very odd that he wasn't in some sort of boot or whatever it was. He looked fine to me. I get that. You know, perception of what you see on te television could be different about what's going on here. But I never, I found it odd throughout this entire process that Bryce Young wasn't being reported like, oh, they're testing it out. He's giving it a go. It's going to be a game time decision. It was just, no, straight up one to two weeks. I think. Back to what is better for the development of Bryce Young to just say, look, and this gets back to the messaging. If you and I can have an open conversation about how the Miami Dolphins handled Tua Tungavailoa to get to this point, if you and I can have an honest conversation about a future Hall of Famer in Patrick Mahomes, I was say, who Mahomes did not is start? The, Mahomes is the one you look at and go, okay. what did they do with him? And I get it. Not everyone's that skill. I Which get it. Gets to what he what? watched. So he learned. Get, here gets to my big question. What do you think Frank Reich wants to do versus what do you think David Tepper wants? I think their plan was to go get, use the number one overall pick on a franchise quarterback, let him learn on the job and that you evaluated the right guy based mm -hmm. on his intelligence, based on what you figured his skill set was. Mm -hmm. And I think the reality now they're looking at is, okay, now what do we do that's best for him in this investment? Because again, I'll repeat the same things I said about NC State that I'll say about the Panthers. I appreciate what they tried to do this offseason. Mm -hmm. I appreciate all of the moves they made in theory. In practice now, the question is, how do you make it work? And I think that's the biggest challenge facing them right now is the two biggest people who could help Bryce Young right mm -hmm. now are Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Yeah, well, Those are the two biggest people. And maybe Austin. They need it, but the, the, right? the issue is that they needed to trade DJ Moore. To and get Bryce Young. Correct. That is the conundrum. Correct. Which, again, gets back to my central question. What do you think Frank Reich actually wants to do? Given the choice, do you think Frank Reich would rather start Andy Dalton the right next now? couple of weeks? Yeah, I think so. If Bryce Young is healthy, do you think, he, do you think he'd still rather start Andy Dalton? Yeah, and, and I think part of this is the first two losses mm -hmm. that they lost to division teams. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if, if you take the schedule and flip it around, you know, sure. Chuck Amato, 
if you give up the the 400 yards in the in the first half instead of the second half, nobody's talking about all the yards we give up in the second half. Yeah. If you lose to Atlanta, your division foes later, it gives you the sense that oh, there's still we could still win those games, win the division, and take care of our business. But by losing those games off the jump, mm-hmm. I think it now put them in a situation to reevaluate and say, okay, we're not gonna we this is a this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And what is best for this investment? And I don't. If, yeah. if they would actually come out and say that the football people that, without, that gets without neutering without neutering Bryce Young, of by course. the way, there there's there 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 you have to handle that as well. Totally get that part. I think the football people get this, but I don't think David Tepper gets this. Again, I'm I'm in pure speculation mode right now, but I can kind of go with what we've seen out of David Tepper since he's owned the Carolina Panthers. Sure. He would rather have the shiny object. He'd rather try to have butts and seats. He'd rather have the quick fix. And when he doesn't get what he wants, as with developments in Rock Hill and whatnot, he's ready to bail on these types of things. So he doesn't have the patience for that kind of stuff. And I bet you, behind the scenes, there is a push and pull from what the owner wants and what football people want. And I think football people would have an honest assessment of where Bryce Young is now and look at other instances and say, look, if he is the guy, there's nothing wrong with having yeah. him develop. There's here's nothing what's best. wrong. Here's, here's what's best for him. That's the most important part. Maybe, right now. maybe watching and learning while our uh, while our offensive line is a is a fire drill. Yeah, right man. Now. I think that's a really simple conversation to have. Thanks to Homefield for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out online at homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23 to get 15% off your order. It's almost shorts and hoodie season. If it's not there, no, we're there. I know it is for my kids because yeah. that's just how they rule school all the time. And yeah. they got incredibly comfortable hoodies. So go check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. OG23 is that promo code to get 15% off your order. Download the app too because they got a lot of great stuff. It goes beyond just the apparel. Uh, they also have some really interesting history of college football and college athletics that Ryan Nanny writes about. And you'll have a lot of fun. They got a good community with their app as well. Also, big thanks to Hometown Realty. Check them out at h myhtr.com. Again, that's myhtr.com. Buy, sell. We like things dead simple. Jillio needs a clock that tells him what day of the week it is. He needs a website to say, are you buying a house or are you selling a house? And who has a mortgage calculator. See? What? Makes it super simple for you, right? This is what the pros do. They help you. <laughs> so go to myhtr.com. Barry Woodard and his crew. Six locations, more than 250 agents. You think you get that big by accident without knowing what you're doing, without knowing the real estate market? Go check them out. It's myhtr.com. So you have a home. What's your insurance situation? See, we're a one-stop shop here mm-hmm. on Ovi's and Gilio. You mm-hmm. contact Matt Davis, insuregarner.com, theoginsurance.com, or you can call him directly at 919-779-8277. Uh, Matt Davis, I'm a state farm guy. Been a state farm guy for two decades. Yeah, We've already had some listeners reach out and say, hey, oh, look, Troy. Troy's big one. Man, I need to send Troy a, uh, a shirt. So hit us up, Troy. Hit me up again. Yeah, man. yeah just, just shoot us an email and uh, we'll make sure that we get... I think I have one yellow positive vibes only shirt left we need, to, re- we need to reload medium, though we need to reload on those for the golf tournament what those yeah i like those yellow ones mm-hmm. you're like the one person who's it's our brand man yeah, but on a t-shirt yeah. yellows yellow is a tough color to pull off man i like it okay looks good i might be like the one person who looks okay in yellow because i have it the complexion good have the, complexion uh, the og insurance my, my juices flow all the time all the time the og in a yellow shirt Okay, just making sure. I think my juices flow all the time. Joe's very excited that we got that on the soundboard. 
Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, Andrew Carter, News and Observer. Let's just get right to it, Andrew. Does Duke have the best college football program in the state? <laughs> yeah, I think by the definition that I laid out last year that caused a lot of uh, interest and conversation, I think you would have to you would have to say that because Duke is getting it done with um, with a lot of kids who are not necessarily highly recruited. Yeah, this, is, this isn't a program historically that's had a very high ceiling. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when I wrote what I wrote last year about App State, the whole argument was about which program in the state comes closest to maximizing its potential. Sure. Is, is the thing. Um, and so when you look at that now, certainly you have to say that, you know, Duke is doing that. You know, 4-0, they beat Clemson. I think they're 17th, top 20. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up. This is the first game at Wallace Wade coming up here uh, against Notre Dame between top 20 teams since 1960. <laughs> no, no, November of 1960, uh, when Duke hosted Navy. All right. And I went into the NNO archives and just, you know, I, I'm sort of a history nerd and I'm curious about this stuff. And, you know, I was wondering what was in the NNO you know, in November 5th, 1960. And there are stories about JFK campaigning, um, you know, all kinds of interesting political happenings there in the early 60s. And Taylor Swift football explainers. In yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's been a long time. Uh, and getting back to the question, like, you know, I think you do have to make that case. I mean, you know, the job that Mike Elko has done, it's just been phenomenal. Um and, you know, you almost feel bad for his fellow coaches in the coaching fraternity because now it's going to be like, well, look at what Mike Elko did at Duke well, in I'm, less than I'm, two years. I'm glad you brought that up. And that's actually where I was going to there, – there's almost there, – there's a splintered conversation here. Yes, there is a consistency of when Duke and Wake Forest are successful, it turns all the eyes over to NC State and North Carolina like, y'all, if they – can if they can can get to a championship game well what's what's stopping you from doing you have every access you know money in the world to do these types of things fan base etc but the key part here is sustainability at these programs we've seen this before i'm not saying this is what's going to happen with mike elko what i'm saying is how difficult it is to sustain it at places like wake forest and at duke because you can go not that i dabble in history like you do but I've been doing this long enough to remember Jim Grobe at Wake Forest making life miserable for those people at Duke saying, well, wait a minute. If if they can do it at Wake, why can't we? And of course, you saw the buildup that and, and Grobe fell off, right? And then here comes David Cutcliffe. All right, they're running hot. They put some investment in and then we saw it just kind of atrophy at the end. And then Dave Clawson comes to Wake Forest. Hey, cool. They're running hot. Now they got a little bit of a transition time with Mitch Griffith and trying to see where that offense goes, a little evolution there. They're beating themselves, really. And Mike Elko, a former assistant, has elevated Duke to where they are right now in quickly two years. But the sustainability for this stuff at these schools is really difficult, man. It is, and that's that's the key point of it. Um, you know, I will say, I think that any school can build something if you have the resources, if you have the right coaching staff in place, if these guys stick around. I mean, I think the challenge for a place like Duke is can they keep Elko? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and you mentioned Wake, and Wake is a little bit down uh, this particular year after the departure of Sam Hartman. We might have expected this, a little bit of a transition, some growing pains. 
But overall, I think that program's on solid footing. Uh, you know, I think Wake, uh, you know, last year, last offseason was the only power five. I could get this wrong, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because this is the internet. Um, it's just a but, podcast. Don't worry. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is correct. Uh, that Wake was the only member of a Power Five conference not to lose a transfer out. Well, Hartman, but grad, but undergrad, you know, a guy, you know, younger than that. They didn't have hardly any of those guys, if any. Um, and so they've, you know, they've built a culture in which kids want to be a part of it and want to stay and build something. And Clawson's recruited kids that are content to wait their turn which is rare. So I think you can do it. I mean, I think the formula has been laid out at different places. Um, we're not talking necessarily become like a top 10 national championship contending type program, but you know, I do think that the blueprint is there for Duke to be successful in football. I think they can be a, a top 20 ish team. And, you know, if, if things go right, they could have a chance occasionally, like it seems like they do this year. Um, and I think it underscores something I wrote a couple of weeks ago in that, you know, there's this perception, and I think this really hurts the ACC nationally, this whole basketball school thing. Oh, the ACC is full of a bunch of schools that don't care about football. You know, it's Carolina, it's Duke, it's, you know, the Tobacco Road Mafia. Uh, they don't care about, you know, the big bad sport of football. Mm -hmm. These schools have all invested you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure within the past decade, they've all built indoor practice facilities. Wake has spent like an ungodly sum of money on buildings. They just opened up a nice new locker room building this year. Duke's facilities are really nice, like outside of Wallace Wade. And they've done some work to Wallace Wade. They have, yeah. We all remember when that track was around it. Mm -hmm. But the press box is nice. They've made some upgrades in the stadium. You know, the, and the press box used to be an extension of the hospital. Yeah, we all remember what NC State used to look like at Carter-Finley with the hill and, you know, all that stuff. And those facilities are nice. Carolina is in the, you know, they have stuff in the works of upgrading uh, the Keenan Football Center and doing different things there. So schools are spending money. Like, you know, the resources are there. You know, it, is it comparable to, like, the resources at Florida or LSU or Georgia? You know, maybe not. Um but none of these schools are are struggling in the ACC, and I think if you get lucky with a coach like Duke has with Elko, you can you can build something if those mm -hmm. guys stick around. And that's the big question in my mind with Duke is like, you know, can they keep this guy? Does he want to be there? Wake has been fortunate that Clawson wants to be there. Mm -hmm. you now, does Elko want to be at Duke beyond beyond this it's year? Gotta be the, it's got to be the right job at this point. Yeah. You know what's wild to think about. I think if you had asked, uh, if you ask a hundred football coaches, right, who knows more about X and O football than David Cutcliffe? Sure. Out of those a hundred, how many like, like 95 of them are like, yeah, he's in the top three of X and O coaches, right? Mm -hmm. So what Mike Elko has done is he's come in to a situation where a guy who's a super X and O coach had good players, but couldn't scheme them up. That's wild to think about. He yeah, either yeah. didn't motivate him or he didn't scheme him up or maybe even both, both. but maybe even both. Mm -hmm. So now you have a guy who comes in, makes a great hire in Kevin Johns. I don't know how many times I got to say it. You have to have the right guy calling your place. Mm -hmm. Have to. So he does that. But this isn't like Dion's portal magic. This isn't Florida State going to spend money on Keon Coleman. 
and Johnny Wilson. This is a guy who came into a situation where they had some good players. He's he's literally coached them up. So I and I don't understand why he would. I we like Mike Elko. He's from New Jersey. He is Luke's. <laughs> he is Luke's contemporary at Penn. That's right. if, if he were to ask me what should I do, which he's not going to do, obviously, I would say to him. Steve Spurrier would say the same thing to him because this is what Steve Spurrier did. He would say, "Go take another job," because you can't, you can't stay at Duke like Cutcliffe did and get another job. No, you can't do that, right? And, and I'm sure he's screaming right now. Well, I could have gotten the Tennessee job, yeah, but like every Dave Dorn could have gotten the Tennessee job too. Okay, so anybody could have got like any <laughs> ship in the storm could have gotten the the Tennessee job. So it's not really <laughs> saying a lot right now. Okay, um, so I, I would look at that and go is this sustainable? And I think absolutely the answer is no. And this can get us into a conversation about NC state. Like what is, what is, what is actually realistic for our schools on an annual basis? Like cause state fans are mad that I keep pointing out like, this is, this is a down year for state. Mm-hmm. It is, but if yeah. they go six and six in a down year, that's unbelievable to me. Particularly when you look at what was L feds down year at Carolina, two and 10. That's two and awesome. ten, three right? and nine, yeah, whatever right. they were. Right. And Cutcliffe, who I'm sitting here telling you is this unbelievable X and O coach. What was he? Bottom what, fell out. what was he? One in seventeen yeah. in his last eighteen ACC games yeah, or the, something, the, something like that. The, bo- the bottom fell out with that. So, I, like, what do we think of as a realistic? In my opinion, realistic means when you have the thing going right, you just take advantage of it. Yeah. And I think that's what Duke's trying to do. I honestly low key this year too. The problem was I think that's what Carolina's trying to do the this problem, year too. The problem Absolutely. with state, the problem with state, as both of you know, is that when they've had those opportunities, they've missed. You noticed of the three, one is not like the other. Duke right. took advantage of it, got to a championship game. Hell, they might get to the championship again. Championship game again this year. Carolina, for all the faults that we've given Carolina over the last couple of years. Guess what Mac Brown managed to do? Get to an ACC championship game. State hasn't yeah, even state. It's not even no, no, about no, I'm not, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. All right. They never won a division. I think Duke maximized in 13. I don't think you can argue that Carolina maximized last year because of the way that the season finished. Georgia Tech's a bad football team. I got you. They had I agree no with that. But, at home but to Georgia still, Tech last year. You can year. still hang your that, hat that on. That state team that they lost to last year was a carcass of what it was can, supposed to be. They shouldn't still, have lost that football game. You can still hang your hat on the fact that you won a division. When you've sure. never done it, when you've had those opportunities and good teams, I mean, right now, what, what Dave Dorn ultimately has, that he can hang his hat on. To your point about the bottom hasn't dropped out since they started his first year. Well, right? 19. Oh, 19. But that was an injury-riddled year. But regardless of how you feel about NC State's up and down, you know what they consistently do? They get to bowl games and they beat Carolina. That's what, and that, and that's what people care about, I think, yeah. among among that fan. So is that so, realistic expectations? Make bowl games. Well, I think the real for State. Carolina, I think so. Yeah, we've seen it something wrong with that. It's that. I think it's it's eight wins, maybe nine occasionally, and if you beat UNC, people are happy. Um, I, you know, I think what Doran has done there, you can argue that Doran maybe is. You know, he's up there with Dick Sheridan, I think, at this point. Maybe a hair below. Um, in oh, terms the old-timers old just chuck their laptops. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> he's certainly <laughs> the best coach they've had. Their gateway computers. He's certainly the Big best coach they've computer. had since Dick Sheridan. Okay. <laughs> in terms of consistency, in terms of beating the team that they care about beating. Yeah, 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 yeah. At NC State? Yeah, that makes sense. All right, one, one more thing before we get out of here. Um, 
I I am just now seeing that the NCAA in a handful of situations has granted waivers to double transfers. This is very strange to me. So the most recent one, I think they did it in basketball like last week or two weeks ago. But overnight, I see this story in the Star Tribune. NCAA approves Gophers defensive back Craig McDonald's transfer waiver. Oh, that's interesting. So apparently, I'm not going to act like I know anything about this guy's story. All right. I think that's true of about 99% of fans who see these types of things. But Andrew, I'm going to need you to help me out here. Shorthand, though, he transferred he, twice and got a waiver. He spent 2020 and 21 at Iowa State before transferring to Auburn in 22. He played at both schools. Literally played, played at both schools. Has not graduated. Has not. He's got, I think, according to the Star Tribune, he's got three years of eligibility left. And he transferred to Minnesota in May. All right. In May. And he just got an immediate waiver to join the football program. So what am I missing something? I don't think so. And that's the stuff that causes, that's the stuff that causes a lot of confusion. It's the stuff that people don't understand about this process. Yeah. One of the issues with this whole thing with Tez Walker is like, it all just seems very arbitrary. uh, When you compare his case to the cases of certain other kids, why are waivers granted here? when they're not in Walker's case mm-hmm. and Walker again, only played at one school, right? Which was the thing. And it's interesting to me that, you know, during COVID, I think that, you know, one of the good things that the NCAA has ever done um, is actually grant kids an extra year for that year that was taken away because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but now they're saying, you know, that year didn't count in terms of eligibility, basically when you allowed everyone to have an extra year, and now in Tess's case, they're saying, oh, it counts because you were at the school. The season was canceled, but you were at the school, and that's going to count against your case when it comes to this waiver situation. I would actually argue the NCAA screwed up with the eligibility. You can make that argument, they too. I, mean, I, I, I think their heart was in the right place. <clears throat> yeah, but they should have given the seniors who were ba- basically couldn't play baseball or, or college basketball that year Mm-hmm. when their chance to win an NCAA championship was taken away from them, that group, that group and that group alone should have been given an extra year. Well, yeah. Limited to spring, but yeah, no, but that, that group should have been given it. And that group was not like the CJ Bryce's of the world, like the seniors on that NC state basketball team or any of the, any of oh, that sure, class, like sure. that was the group that deserved to have another year that base, right. that those baseball athletes, they deserved another year. Yeah. But by giving everybody a year, by giving everybody a free clock, you've screwed up everything that you've done now, you know, like, and, and it's compounded like our, our, the old man yelling at clouds, <laughs> their issues with the portal is well, Sam Hartman and, and Jack Plummer and all these other sixth year quarterbacks that we see in the ACC, Brennan Armstrong, mm-hmm. you're like, what are these guys still doing in college football? Well, they were, they create the NCAA created this mm-hmm. by giving everybody that year mm-hmm. when in, in fact, they should have just given a very specific set of players in sports an extra year. That's created a ripple effect. Yeah. That's had, that's that, they, that they never anticipate that they never yeah. anticipate. Um, but now flash forward to this situation with this kid who got the waiver and Tez. I mean, I don't understand that. I don't get um, it. But you know what it's, though? It's that is consistent with the NCAA. They make they make these decisions in weird, arbitrary ways, and then it leads to speculation of were they just trying to stick it to UNC? 
I don't know. I mean, I'll, from the Star well, it's Tribune. It's not even the NCAA, though. It's, no, no, it's no. the Georgia president. From the, the Star from the Star Tribune. Who's I, the other person? I thought this was an interesting Kent state. I thought this was an interesting little blurb. Uh, as the process played out, Gophers coach P.J. Fleck did not comment on the NCAA's procedures. That's in contrast to the situation in North Carolina where the NCAA denied Tess Walker's waiver. That prompted Tar Heels head coach Mac Brown to say it's clear that the NCAA is about process and couldn't care less about the young people. Well, how, how many hearings did this kid have? That's again, I don't know. Because Tez had like eight. Eight, right. It was like eight so, years. So clearly oh. Mac, Mac had reached his limit. Yep. I that wonder, look, I I wonder who, I wonder what people handled that case as well. This is where the NCAA's failures come into play. Consistency in who's covering these things? No, the NCAA doesn't exist. Oh, well. Okay, you're yeah. talking about the Georgia president, and, and I'm sorry, it's another person from a Mac school. I can't yeah. remember who the person is specifically. Whatever. But we saw this during Carolina's other issues. It was like, you know, like the the former well, was Sankey, right? And there was a couple other people who were Sankey involved. was the chair of the committee on infractions. Yeah, so like That's you have like but he handled yeah. that case, but they didn't handle like the NC State case yeah. a year later. So you have all these different people interpreting the same NCAA rules differently instead yeah. of just creating out of all of the money that they collect, just create an arm that that handles your. If you want to be in the enforcement business, be in the effing enforcement business. If you don't want to be in it and you just want to put on a really good tournament, then just do that. Like I don't. None of this makes any sense, and I don't care where you went to school or where you graduated from. Like what they're doing to Tess Walker at this point now is not right. I agree. No, I totally agree with you on that. And uh, the schools have to ultimately decide what they want. Because, because again, the schools, the schools, you're, there you the go. Schools, now, the schools now you're decided. Now you, know you got it right. Meanwhile, Andrew's just sipping tea. Andrew Carter, it is tea. News and observer. Tea. All right, man. We appreciate <laughs> okay, it. Have, are right, you going right, to game? Right. Are you going to game day? Not game day. I think I'll be in Wolfpack Land on Friday night. So maybe oh. I'll maybe I'll see you guys there. Interesting game on Friday night against it's Louisville. Big. All right, man. We'll talk right, to man. you. Later. Big thanks to Butcher's Market for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Butcher's Market, um, I'm actually going to be cooking up the ancho chili lime chicken today. That's going to be the secret ancient old Ovias family recipe ancho, for taco. I've not had that one yet. Yeah, it's an ancho chili lime. Sometimes they have it in thighs. I think this Ooh. was in breast form. You know I'm a thigh man. Mm -hmm. But um, they, had it, uh, they had the chicken breasts. So I went with that this week. So I'm going to cook those bad boys up this evening. As I get ready for another episode of Ahsoka on Disney Plus. <laughs> but yeah, go to Butcher's Market. They got all your tailgating needs. They got your outdoor grilling needs. And uh, they have recipes. They have marinades that you can just dupe your friends saying, oh, no, no. I've had this in the bag for a long time. Marinating it for three days at the Butcher's Market. But that, you know, they don't need to know that. Hit all the spots. They don't need to know that. Uh, and big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. You might be grilling outside. You don't want mosquitoes bothering you right mm -hmm. now. I know, I get that it's fall time, but mosquitoes can still be active given that it's North Carolina and it tends to be warm still this time of the year. Mosquito Authority can help take care of that and they can take care of the critters inside the house. If you don't have cats like me that are taking care of some crickets, they're on a cricket binge right now. Gotta be man. careful. I agree. You gotta watch your karma. I'm with you on that. Our guy, Hayes Lancaster, the OG, OG though. Go check out bugsbite.com. See all the different offers that they have. They don't believe in, in contracts. They don't need to. That's how good their service is. They know that you'll come back and support them. So go check them out. It's bugsbite.com. We're moving on. So some other college football notes to get to. And again, big thanks to Andrew Carter for hanging out with us. But some other college football notes to get to. Um, we mentioned the Louisville game. 
it's coming up Friday night. Yeah. And people, people complaining about Friday night games and, you know, how it relates to high school and everything else. Uh, but I present to you two instances where other coaches at other schools complain about time of day that they have to play. Okay. Right? So Kentucky, shout out to Devin Leary. Kentucky is going to be playing a noon game. And head coach Mark Stoops was asked uh, about having to play at noon against Florida, how that's going to affect the crowd at Kentucky from being a factor on Saturday. And I really appreciated Mark Stoops' response. I, I have great confidence in the people of Kentucky that can get up very early and pound some beers. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you disrespect the, this great state and the great people of it? He's right. That's really good. Why would you disrespect that? Why would you do that? That's really good. <laughs> so I appreciate that from Mark Stoops. Meanwhile, you got Marcus Freeman. They're going to be playing Louisville. They just announced some new uh, game times. And it turns out that they're going to be playing Louisville at night. Marcus Freeman. This was, oh, yeah, yeah. This was from Louisville Updates. Marcus Freeman was asked about a night game. And Freeman's response was quite comical. Four consecutive night games now. Does that at all? Oh, yeah. Louisville's a night game? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so what am I missing here? What's, what's wrong with playing at night? I don't get it. Do you was, want to play at noon too early? He was disappointed. Yeah, he was disappointed. He was like, really? Another one? And his head looks down. He's like, okay. What am I missing? Uh, as Luke... DeCock likes to point out to me, the Midwest, they are, they enjoy a like big 10 country in particular. They like a noon or one o'clock game on Saturday. Like they, it's okay. a ritual. Remember, remember the big 10 in October actually has a rule yeah. about playing games at night. So like there's a I thing, there's that. a thing there in the Midwest and he's an Ohio state guy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know he's Notre Dame's coach right now, but he is an Ohio state guy. I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's a thing. Um, but playing at night, yeah, I love those night games. I, it's interesting. This Friday night game, we got to get Steve Logan on now. Oh, geez. Because remember, this is basically what got him fired at I ECU. Because he complained about it. Right. This is basically what got him fired at ECU. I can, I can tell you, we can talk, uh, dispute I, all of these years because his whole thing was he was trying to tell the state about recruiting, like, hey, I can't, I have no control over what TV tells us to do. We are at the mercy of TV. Was was his thing was, and at the time, this was this was thirty years ago now. Mm-hmm. He was trying to say, like, we have no control over what TV tells us to do. And, of course, I think Mac in the background was was tweaking, of course, the NCHSAA by saying, hey, man, look at this guy. He, he's, he's scheduling games on a Friday when you should be respecting mm-hmm. the sanctity of high school football in the state of North Carolina. It was, it was absolutely used as recruiting, yes. Yeah. So the ACC made this move because, remember, the NFL took over Thursday. Mm-hmm. So now you don't see Thursday night games anymore because the ACC was like, well, shit, we can't play on Thursday because the NFL's got it. It's also, so we're going to play on Friday. But keep in mind now, State and Carolina had been reluctant to host mm-hmm. Friday night games. This is the first time State will host a Friday night game. And they've been playing them. Wake Forest was kind of the guinea pig yes. in this state. Duke was a little bit of a guinea pig in this state. Because they're the private schools. But this is the first time yes. state will host a Friday. They've resisted all of this all along. I've always found that argument to be silly, especially as we've gotten to technology where you can keep up with both things at once. Okay, That's fair. But I, also, I think for those schools, though, yeah. like Friday night, this is a huge game for state. And I can already 
I can already tell you, I can already tell you what Steve Logan would say because I've had those conversations multiple times and I'm pretty sure Steve Logan doesn't want to talk about it anymore. So. That's fine. I mean, I can reach out. To I'm him. just saying if See, anybody would like to tell, like, would like a, I told y'all, I've been saying this. I mean, I can, I can hear Steve. No, in my the, head. the problem for staying on Friday is you have a huge game. Yeah. And you can't bring any recruits to it because they're actually playing. I know. That's the problem. I, I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Because there's a huge Enloe Broughton game that's taking place on Friday. It's a lot going on. Homecoming, which, by this the, the way, OG homecoming, isn't it? More, more details tomorrow, but we, oh, okay. we're going to be doing the show from Enlo on Thursday live. I'm right. very excited about this. It's OG homecoming. <laughs> it really is. Uh, big thanks to Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, Wings Over Greenville. Hey, you want to watch the state game on Friday night? You want to tailgate? Head on over to Wings Over. They're going to be open up, uh, what, 4 o'clock? Get over there, get your wings, and then head over to your tailgate and then enjoy the game. Or you're going to be home gating. Again, just pick up some wings. Head on back. And of course, wings over Chapel Hill, wings over Greenville. Uh, hot lemon pepper is my move. Just saying, hot lemon pepper is absolutely the move for me. One other thing to get to in our little college football here. Wait, why don't I get my vote? What, what's your vote again? Sweet chili. Oh, yeah, you are all about the sweet chili. Are you kidding? I know you are. Ryan's crew, man. The Greenville location, mm-hmm. We ha- now I have to go to the Chapel Hill one. Okay. Because it's the only one I haven't been to. You get hit up, touch them all. Yeah. <laughs> Touch them all. For real. I'm, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Uh, we have our Bizdelic of the Week. We didn't do one yesterday. No, we did. But we did do <laughs> we one We called yesterday. our shot. We did, and it actually happened on Dabo's radio show. <laughs> uh, Chapel Fowler's listening to Dabo's Clemson uh, coaches show, and he says that Clemson football, quote, literally three plays away from being a top five team in the country, but that's not reality. The program is built on adversity. Told us that you take away those those runs and we outscored them by 19. So, is that a full bizdelic? Yes. What are those three plays? Clearly, the scoop and score. Mm. That game doesn't go that way without the scoop and score against Florida State. Then there there must be two in the Duke game that he's lamenting. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. the Riley Leonard, you know, magic trick. Also, missed field goals. Well, forget the missed field goals. I mean, just saying, I mean, missed field goals count in those no, situations. I am genuinely curious now what he thinks would be the three plays. We have to follow feels up like with there's, him on that. Feels like there's more. Than three. <laughs> maybe. The Duke game felt a little bit more than three. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Move on. Joining us on the Easter Automotive Group hotline, he is Steve Wiseman. He covers Duke. He also is an AP voter. Let's actually start with the AP. Sure. Georgia's still your number one. Yes, they are. What'd you do with Florida State? Because they dropped in the AP top. They dropped one spot in my thing because I had to credit Ohio State. Why? For what they did. Why? That was on Marcus Freeman. They want to talk to. They went into somebody because Marcus Freeman decided. Ah, ten I, guys, got, I got ten guys. Ten guys. I, I can't take a penalty. <laughs> yes, you can take a penalty. Also, <laughs> also with Florida State. Okay. Okay. Basically, somebody had to. Somebody had to drop because Ohio State. I needed to rise there because they right. they beat Notre Dame. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. All right. So now, Florida State didn't play well at BC. We know why we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Now, they they won at Clemson in overtime. Clemson's unranked. Okay, now let's 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 go back to one thing. Let's do alternate universe thing here. Okay, want, we just talked about this about Dabo, where hey man, they're they're just three or five <laughs> plays away from being a top five team. Sure. <laughs> well, no, I think this gets to if the like, bucks for candy and nuts. You know, <laughs> I think I think this gets back to the how do you vote, right? Yeah. Like, and, and it, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer here. Sure, in my sure, opinion, sure. like if you're sitting here telling me you think Georgia's the best team in the country, it's not based on who they've beaten, right? Right. Okay. Right. So. That's fine. But then it is slightly confusing to reward Ohio State 
for beating Notre Dame and not yeah. reward Florida State for beating LSU, who is very good. I, I did well. They have, they have and been Clemson. I mean, those are two. Those are two wins better than anybody else has. One for sure. Yeah, Clemson. Again. Yeah, and you saw Clemson in person. I did. So I mean, that's why you have your own opinion. The alternate there. universe yeah. thing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Clemson had beaten Duke mm-hmm. and Florida State goes, they beat LSU and then they went at Clemson. Yeah. They're like right. number one, probably, right? Okay. I mean, I would probably push them past Georgia. So that's thought process there. We talked about this a little bit with Andrew, too. Um, as as far as Duke is concerned, with game day coming here, um, are the, how much of what we're seeing right now with Mike Elko in year two is left over from David Cutcliffe? I mean, these are... A lot of his players. A lot of his players. Yeah. And we saw, what was the stat? It just blows my mind. Like, was it one in 17? Yeah. Down the stretch, right? Yeah. 13 ACC losses in a row. Okay. Most of them by like 30 points. What would you say is the biggest difference from a group that couldn't win to a group that is now hosting game day and is a top 25 team and actually has a legitimate shot at showing up in Charlotte for an ACC championship game? Right. Number one is the conditioning, the the the, the shape of the guys. Mm-hmm. And they invested in that catapult system. We've talked about catapult. Yeah. That's a big thing. They went all, all in on that. And the other staff... Didn't, for whatever reason, go all in. They used a little bit, but didn't go all the way in. Part of that's funding. They, they came in with the new staff. Sure. They were able to pay for it. Uh, number two is, um, the the again, I talk about the modernization of, of the, the play calling, the, the the fresh ideas that came in with the new staff, as opposed to kind of the stale ideas of the old staff, right? Because um, some of those guys for the old staff that have gone to other places are seeing now, whoa, this game's a lot different than it was 10 years ago. <laughs> and, you know, all, everybody loves cut, right? But sure, I mean, it just sure. kind of got stale. So It did. It got stale. That's it. And then and so they're so prepared on every little step that and, – and they go in there with confidence now, like like UConn. Yeah. They just took care of business. They mm-hmm. didn't mess around. Like, they don't mess Hammer around job. anymore. Well, it's interesting you bring up the confidence part of this, and I've seen this uh, – Hell of a drug. It's uh, Joe's talked mm-hmm. about it. I've seen uh, fans talk about this. Uh, and we see it on the pro level, too. When you believe and you show your team that I believe that you can handle this, then they're going to feed off of that. And we've seen it with NC State where sometimes, you know, Dave Doran wants to win a particular way. And sometimes maybe there's a psyche to, man, you don't trust us to go out there and do this thing. And you, it gets tightened up. We talked right. about it with Bryce Young. Right. I don't think they believe Bryce Young can help him win football games right now. All right. That's, and that's going to bleed over yeah. into Bryce Young. There's not that issue with Mike Elko. It's pretty wild to watch. It's such a transformation. It really is. Isn't it? And of course, it gets to the big question after this big game day appearance. How much longer is he going to be at Duke? Well, that's the thing. It's got to be the right job, right? Absolutely. And he, and he's, he likes it here. He's a sure. he's the academic guy from Penn and all that. He's not going to be Dave Clawson. But he's, no. But he's been at, at higher places than he knows, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know. Like Michigan State's don't have to already because of their situation. They can almost like, they can double or triple his salary probably, right? Which is and wild. So, yeah, that is but wild. that's Big Ten money. But all right, so what? You got your game day fit ready? <laughs> you gonna be in the background, Steve? No, no, that's <laughs> no? not me. That's no. not me. You're gonna be like waving. You're not gonna hold up like <laughs> hold a Washington. Up You're not gonna have the Washington State flag. News and Observer. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> They've gotten super religious lately. What do you mean? There's been a lot of zealots in the yeah. crowd. Oh, I've I noticed have, that dude, each week. I'll be honest with you. I haven't really watched game day in a long yeah. time. Well, like it'll be on year. in the it'll be on in the background. I actually know? went to the one at Clemson last year. It was actually kind of fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah I might I might go Saturday. I think just we to, are gonna go, yeah. Just to kind of get the vibe of what's going on. But so the zealots would be in, in good stead in this one because the it's, the background's gonna be the chapel. Of course. Yeah. Well they were at Notre Dame last week. Yeah. But like it's I don't know. I'm not trying to They're trying to <laughs> what? 
<laughs> well, I'm not trying to like um, get into a religious conversation, but like it just seems like well, they can't control. People the are being paid them. to go there to like bring these signs about you know. Oh, you mean astroturfing? You mean astroturfing exists with these things? You mean you mean that some of the things that are supposedly viral aren't really viral at all? Like. I don't know, <sighs> bearded guys with banjos and super expensive mics that cost more than our studio. I mean, who's to say? Who is to say, Joe? Um, who's the guest picker going to be? Um, do, you, do you know? I don't know for sure. Okay. Um, I know that. Would it be? Would, pe- would would people be mad if it was Coach K? Yeah. Because it's mad? basketball. Yeah. Because it's basketball. Sure. This, this, this is a thing. Football what? is this football. Is a thing. There's people the pride. Would, who would yes. be mad? There's pride in that. The football program is bringing game day for uh-huh. the first time they, and all that. Don't bring the quitter really back here. To. Don't bring the quitter Spurrier back here. <laughs> don't do it. I don't know. You know that who'd be better good? not be Strahan, the answer. Strahan would be good. His daughter just enrolled at Duke over the summer. Okay. And he's already oh, what if Springsteen showed up? Or Seinfeld? I'd love Seinfeld. I got Seinfeld, Seinfeld on my Seinfeld. list, not to give it away. But Tim Apple? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe him. <laughs> well, he's an Auburn guy. Yeah. Let's be real. He's not. I mean, Seinfeld's guy. like his his daughter graduated in May, right? And his son is now at Duke, so he's a he's he's, he's, full, he's, he's all a double in. Duke. He's all in. All right. So all right. I mean, I have my list. Uh, I'm not going to give it away. I'll tell Steve when we're when we're done okay. here. But uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, but but I'm but I'm on the right track here with the Coach K thing because Coach K initially was like, well, that that would make the most amount of sense. It would. But it's interesting that they're doing it from the the quad with the chapel. And not where they typically would do a game day where they've had lots of experience. Because they've done that game day stuff in that concourse in between Cameron Indoor and Wallace Wade. Right. I'm told now that it's not big enough for the football for version of it. For what they want to do it? Okay. Yeah. yeah for the so ESPN stage. They that couldn't do it there. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. All right, Steve. Appreciate it, man. Yep. All right. It's time for the OG Mixtape. We have LK in studio today. What up, LK? Hello. You have time on your hands. I do. I'm unemployed. So what do you, what do you, what can what, we help you with that? Can we help? We've been, sure. ha- we've been helping advertisers. Can we help get somebody employed? That would be fantastic. What are you looking to do? I'm in project management. Uh-huh. Um, I worked for an agency in life sciences for about five years. Prior to that, I was a paralegal at the law offices of James Scott Ferry. You were, were telling you? them you mean business. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, any type of project management. Y'all need a project manager? Oh, we can't afford one right now. Oh, okay. We do need a project manager. It's just right now OG Media LLC can barely pay the O and the G. Oh, so. yes. I heard $3,000 or something like that in your bank account. That's pretty yesterday. good. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that is good. For us. Good for y'all. Yeah, I guess, right? Yeah. All right, so if you're looking for a project manager, go hire LK. Um, I'm on know. LinkedIn. <laughs> You're going to have to give your full legal name for that, though. Oh, God. Actually, you could look know up. Your, I don't even know your real name. You could look up LK because it's on there. All right. Just look um, up LK. Yeah. Are you ready to play mixtape? Oh, God. Yes. Now, a little bit of context here. You are what I like to call a P1. Yes. And you have messaged me when people get mixtape obvious incorrect. ones wrong. Correct. All right. Yes. So, you, including the new version? Uh, no, not okay. the new version. Okay. So yes. no pressure. <laughs> oh yeah. No for pressure. someone who goes, how did you not get this? How did you not get this? Yeah. No, I I'm friends with Alex who was mm-hmm. on here last week and mm-hmm. yes, agreed. Uh, sitting in the, the hot seat as it were. <laughs> 
All right, so here's how it works. Okay. We do not have the rights to the music, so we have Stacy over at Graphics House, who Correct. made this wonderful OG metal sign that's behind I Julia. love that, by the way. It's yeah, really cool. It's, it's really, really cool. awesome. So she's going to read a verse in her wonderful Southern accent. East okay. Tennessee. East Tennessee. Okay, because I have a Kinston accent. So, And if you know the song, <laughs> just tell us the song, and then we'll roll the prize wheel and see where it goes. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. I got my eyes on you. You're everything that I see. I want your hot love and emotion endlessly. I can't get over you. You left your mark on me. I want your hot love and emotional endlessly. Because you're a good girl and you know it. You act so different around me. Because you're a good girl and you know it. I know exactly who you could be. It's Drake. Is it just, is it eyes on you, Drake? No, I don't know the. You don't know the name of the song? I don't know the name of the song. I need, I need an answer. I, <sighs> you want me to start singing? No. Okay. It's fine. Hold on. I'm tapping out. <laughs> oh, hold on. But it's Drake, right? I'm coming home. Yeah. I'm coming home. Yes. Just hold on. I'm going home. See. Yeah. Pressure was on. Pressure a was girl on. And, you know it. and I don't really listen to Drake. But so. that song was pretty. You I know. Because so, so it was the guy me. from Modern Family. That was like his shtick. He just kept posting videos like I to see. that song over and I over see. again. But Well, as a consolation prize, we're going to bring back Top 4 at 4. This is why I'm really kidding. This is ultimately why you're here. <laughs> uh, when I referenced. I heard you were doing that. When I referenced, uh, when I referenced LK being a P1, uh, you were very hardcore about Top 4 at 4. Correct. And when it went away. You were super upset, (laughs) super upset. Yes. So I thought, okay, fine. If you're going to come up here and Mm -hmm. Duke is going to be hosting game day, Duke is Duke. And I I know you're uh, a Duke slash NC State fan. Correct. That we'd go top four for Duke game day guest picker. Yes. I love this topic. All right. Okay. You can get us started with number four. Okay. So uh, not my first Duke basketball player crush, but my Biggest Duke basketball player crush, Shane Battier. All right. Who's your daddy? Nice. Very nice. Yes. That would be lovely. Well, who's your number four, Joe? My number four in the grand tradition of transfers who leave schools and and star (laughs) elsewhere. (laughs) I am going Jake Bobo, Duke legend Jake Jake Bobo, Bobo. just scored a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers this week. Uh, My number four is Richard Nixon's head from Futurama. Okay. Richard Nixon, Duke guy. He was a, yeah. he was a Duke alum, yes. But I want specifically the head in a jar from Futurama. Okay. Number three, okay. <laughs> um, so I've seen what Taylor Swift can do for the NFL. Oh, yeah. We need a, a pop equivalent for the college bracket, uh-huh. and that's Olivia Rodrigo. She wait. She's just a pop star but that she, would like. But ele- she, what's her Duke connection? There is none. It's just that she's that demographic of college student. <laughs> that's a bad idea. No, your I, an, your answer there is Ed Sheeran. Oh, his yeah. wife played field hockey at Duke. Oh, I really? Know I didn't know that. Yes, I did yes. not know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Who's your number three, Joe? My number three is Jerry Seinfeld. Like every kid he has apparently goes to Duke or yeah, went to Duke. True. And he was there at Coach K's. And he was there with Adam Silver at Coach K's yeah. well, farewell. Speaking of Rob Cameron, in, speaking of Cameron Indoor, well, Rob Lowe would show up and he would just wear like an ACC hat. Yes. <laughs> That's what he would do. My number three is Tyler Hansborough. I mean, he does own some real estate. 
Hansborough Indoor Stadium. There at uh, there at Duke. It's not too far. Would so he you dress could... as Beaker though? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your number two? The ghost of Tupac. You want hologram Tupac? You want, or you want, an actual, actual, or you want an actual in the ghost. Jeff Capel jersey? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> or Jason Capel, Jason Capel. Yeah, in the Capel jersey. Yeah, no, it was, ghost, a, it was ghost the Jeff Capel jersey. Jason, number five. Jeff, oh, Jeff went to Duke. Jeff, Jeff went to Duke. Yeah. Jeff went to Duke. It's so that's right. what you want. All the Capels. Yes, Ghost of Tupac. Who's your number two, Joe? My number two is Philip Shepard. You may be, you may be asking who Philip Shepard is. Who's yeah. that? He is the judge who ruled in the lawsuit between Duke and Louisville <laughs> that indeed Duke is so bad that you could replace them with anyone yeah. and not skip a beat. Legend. A legend. An absolute Duke legend. Uh, speaking of Duke legends, I'm going Steve Spurrier as my number two. The, the guy bring the old ball coach back. The I'm sure he'll have, he'll have some, he'll have some lines to, to, to crack on game day, everybody will enjoy it. I don't know. Maybe he'll say something that'll upset a coach like Lou Holtz did last week. It, and it then is a man old will, coach, no country for old coach. So, so, and then somebody will look in the camera directly and be like, "Come at me, Spurrier." <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. All right, LK, your number one Duke guest picker. So this is a really niche answer. <laughs> if Joe you, just went Duke lawyer. I mean, come on. No, this is this is even this is even this is even more niche because uh-huh. I it. You had to have been in college in the early aughts to even see this video on YouTube, but it's the four Duke students that do the parody to R. Kelly's Ignition remix. <laughs> I would want them. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> in post-edit, I might have to bring it up. Yes, I, I think you should. Okay, so that's your number one. You want them to do you want them to do the ignition I remix. Do. I want them to do the, the I want them to do the beep beep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, Joe, so you're number one. I mean, he was only there for eleven games, but once you're in the brotherhood, you're always in the brotherhood. <laughs> oh, Kyrie Irving. Jesus. Flat Earth, this thing. Let's I would, go. I would just love to see the outfit he would Let's rock. go. Oh, that's pretty good thing. My number one Duke guest picker, Tony Romo. Because I think he just brings everybody together. Here's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback who loved showing up at Cameron Indoor Stadium for Duke basketball games. So you get the you, you bring in that Dallas Cowboy fandom, and we know what Dallas Cowboy fans are all about. Duke basketball. Duke basketball. Bring it in all together. All right, LK, it's time to spin the prize wheel. Oh. I, oh but I don't win any. I didn't win. I don't know. I liked your top four at four, so I think okay. you get to spin the prize wheel. <laughs> I enjoyed should, that. Should we fix Plus, the prize wheel? Here's the other thing. Price. You you came all the way out here. So, I damn did. it, we're going to sprint. We're going to spin. Can you see it? We, we can see it. Okay. Yeah. We can see it. All the way from Cary. For some people, to come from Cary to Raleigh is a big deal. It, that's true. State Farm. Oh. oh sweet. I used them it's already. <gasps> I still get a tumbler. Legit. A legit. <laughs> legit that was legit. Yay! Right on State Farm. <laughs> so, here you go. Which one? It's sitting right there on under the on-air sign. It's in a box. So there you go. That's you. That's you. What you need. More tumblers. Might, <laughs> might replace that other one that you might have. All right. LK. Thanks for hanging out. Go higher, LK. Please. Let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions. Thanks to Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out. Oakwoodpizzabox.com. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, they make amazing pizza. They've got that special, which has got the honey with the pepperoni. 
and the jalapenos. That's money. I absolutely love that one. Square pizzas are my go-to. Um, and I know a mutual friend of ours always says he likes to judge pizza places by their white pizza. Okay. And he had their white pizza and went, okay, yeah, that's pretty legit. Enjoyed that. Let's go to YouTube. YouTube was pretty active yesterday. One correction. I missed this. I guess at one point you said that uh, Kevin White hired Mike Elko. Was that Nina? That was a Nina King hire. Okay. That was one of those things. Great I, hire. It was one of those things where I was probably trying to go on to the next thing and I totally missed it. But yes, Nina King made that hire. Hey, Nina King so far with Mike Elko and you know how the John Shire situation all played out. Was that really her say though? Or was that Coach K say? Uh, I, I mean, not negatively. Not negatively. K, not negatively. Yeah, that K, absolutely. So I want to get to, there was a, there was a long form uh, from a gentleman named Wolfpacker. And he hit us with four points in relation to our conversation about NC State and expectations and things like that. Uh, the part that I found interesting was his point three. He says, mine, and I think the majority of state fans' grievances are with the offense. We were sold a bill of goods with Brennan Armstrong and Robert and I that has us with some buyer's remorse. So you, uh, you, you can't get pushed around against UConn and a bad UVA team. JMU and Maryland could run on UVA, a stable of TEs, tight ends, that we haven't used. We just flipped the North Carolina tight end who will be flipping back shortly. Okay, got it. And then, of course, you talked about some uh, Dave Dorn stuff, like the smug be happy comment, hopefully take it with him to Nebraska. I don't think after that this was year. smug. I don't think it was smug. Like I said yesterday, it had big, I've been here 11 years, man. This is like not the year that, you know, this is a rebuilding year and Hey man, we won. Like got to move on. We won. And I know people have been pointing this out to us. I've had several people reach out to us saying, how is that not on a t-shirt yet? Shit. Just be happy. We won. That was, not, right. that was not smug though. I didn't look at it as smug. No. I didn't look at it as smug. Again, I think I don't really think of Dave as but, smug, do you? Uh, sometimes, look, there's two Daves. I've said this multiple times. Yeah. There's two Daves. There's the interview Dave, and then there's when the camera's off Dave. All right? And there have been times where Dave Dorn's delivery on some stuff has come across as not great. All right? I didn't view this one as that. It's, I just viewed this as smug reality. seems like the wrong word. I just viewed it as reality. Yeah. All right? That's how I viewed that. Um, but I do think that there are some issues here with Dave Dorn that ties back to our conversation with Andrew Carter in that when you're at a place for 11 years, after a while, you start looking around and you want the excitement. You want to feel a little thrill. Man, game day's going to Duke. Oh, you know, they've gone to a championship game, North Carolina. You get caught up in recruiting. But what it's, and I've seen this before. Dave Dorn only has a job because of what has happened the last two years with North Carolina. These dramatic wins. Uh -oh. Flip those games and Dave Dorn's out of here. But isn't that what you want? Don't you want to beat Carolina? I thought that was part of the job. Right. And, they, and they've done that consistently, recruiting aside, hype aside. So it's a, it's a complicated conversation. I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong. After 11 years, you, you're you not changing anybody's mind. All right? Right. You're not changing. I, I think people are square mind. with who Dave is. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm square with who he is? Sure. Most people are. And you're not changing any minds at this point. Uh, from Scott, as a UNC fan, I'm saying don't count State out. UVA had a lot to play for. He's right about that. State will be fine. Those idiot calls on the receiver screens were terrible for Clemson. That coach sounded drunk explaining why he wouldn't send his guy out. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. From a Florida State fan, Jordan Travis was hurt, which is one reason the running game is not good. There's no threat of him keeping it. Fair point. O-line has injuries. Man, look across college football. There's O-line injuries everywhere. FSU hasn't played a complete game yet. At what point will they? Okay. The loss of Akeem Dunn is a bigger deal than it might look. That being said, Clemson blew the game. Thank you. So we all agree. 
I mean, we can all agree yeah. that Clemson blew the game. Oh, the, the the scoop and score is is the play of the game. Yeah, like, yeah, that should that game should have been over. And uh, from State fan Doran said on his radio show that they were redshirting MJ Morris. It's not a secret. Message is clear. Is it though? No, it's not a. No, okay. Listen, it, it, <laughs> there's a difference. There's between a difference here. Explaining yourself and however many multiple you know chances you've had in the public, mm-hmm. and then going on the radio show and be like, "Well, yeah, we're going to redshirt." Well, obviously, you should have said that though in the spring. Yes. But when you added yes. Brennan and saying, hey, here's our plan, which I did. I, well, I remember going on a program and explaining, here's what they're actually trying to accomplish. And I tried to do their work for them. But can can I can I peel back the curtain on coaches shows on the radio? Yeah, go ahead. Nobody listens to them. Yeah. You know what people end up listening to and getting most of their information from? The press availabilities on a Monday right. or a post game. Right. The coaches show are a completely different thing. You got a hardcore group of people who are listening to coaches shows but not the mass of people that listen to coaches show. It's, it's a wonder that you have some people on the beat that listen to the coaches show to get some of the stuff. Plus the coaches shows are a little bit more jovial and Usually. you might get it and you get a different attitude from the coaches on those radio shows. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition. We will see you Wednesday.